Welcome to the People's Choice Award podcast, brought to you in partnership with Tier One People and FinTech Australia. The Finneys, Australia's largest and most prestigious FinTech awards are fast approaching, and we want you to be part of it. Sponsored by the Victorian government and major partners Vocus and SwiftX, the Finneys are a chance to celebrate the amazing people, incredible innovations, and remarkable resilience that the fintech industry is known for and built upon. Fintech Organization of the Year Award is sponsored by Vocus. Thank you, Vocus, for your support in making the Finneys a reality. We look forward to seeing everyone on the 9th of June in Melbourne. And don't forget to make your vote in the People's Choice Awards. We're joined by Nathan Walsh, who's CEO and co-founder of Athena Home Loans, and they're up for FinTech Organization of the Year. Nathan, welcome to the show. Great to chat, Dexter, as always. Um, it's hard to believe it was nine months ago that we did this and you were in, or Athena were in for emerging organization of the year. Um, what are nine months? <laughs> Feels like nine years in some ways, doesn't it? It does, yeah. It does kind of, but then it seems so fast as well. It's just an in, incredible time for the industry. Yeah, well, it's nice to be getting back into more normal um, world. Um, you know, clearly we're not through um, it all yet, but just um, I think there's some real hope that um, this year really does feel like we're emerging at the other side. So some real optimism there. Absolutely. Um, could you tell our listeners a little bit more about Athena Home Loans, Nathan? Yeah, so um, Dexter, we're a, um, a fintech um, home lender, focused home lender. Uh, our um, mission is to help Australians pay down their home loan faster. And so we're using uh, digital, um, digital technology to really make the process of um, getting a home loan simpler and more efficient. And then we can pass that through to, to borrowers in terms of just great rates that, that stay great. Uh, we launched um, out to public um, in um, early 2019. Um, so we're just a couple of years into that growth journey. And actually, pretty pretty exciting moment for us. We just hit two and a half billion dollars of settled loans yesterday. So wow. we're um, really really exciting in terms of milestone for us. Um, yeah, here at here at Athena. Congratulations to everybody. That's fantastic. Yeah, no, um, great great team effort, and um, certainly really feel like there's a you know real opportunity to go out there and deliver some better solutions to consumers. I mean, it's one of those categories where. You know, owning a home is a pretty important goal, you know, the, the great Australian dream. Um, but there's so many ways that the current, um, you know, proposition um, in terms of, you know, expense, in terms of, you know, design, in terms of just how hard it is to go through the process. There's so many opportunities to change home loans for good in terms of how we, how we engage in the category. So real opportunities to, to deliver some big savings to consumers there. Awesome. Now, could you tell um, our listeners a little bit about the origins of Athena and how the idea and then the business kind of came about? 
Yeah, so um, I have a co-founder um, called Michael Starkey and we were both working at one of the big banks together and it is a fairly cliched origin story, um, Dexter. We were, we were scribbling away at a, on napkins in a cafe in Melbourne um, and um, really identifying um, really the way that actually how do we um, use technology to make the, um, the process of running that home loan so much simpler and easier and therefore, you know, cut the overheads, cut the branches, cut the bankers and pass up those savings um, from, you know, great technology through, through to consumers. Um, we've been working with some really talented people in the past and so we sort of assembled a team um, in just over a few months and, you know, raised a, a seed round, spent about a year um, building out a platform and then we're in pilot for a period of time. And then as we sort of talked about, it was February 2019, a really exciting moment where we're all in the office on a Sunday night, um, basically switching over from pilot mode to go live. We were launched on, on the Channel 7 News um, and then really off to the races, phones started ringing. Um, I, I think what we've been really excited about is just the work, you know, the consumer engagement that we've done along the way, really identifying some major, major pain points in terms of this um, industry and actually translating that into products and action. And so things like the only loyalty tax-free lender um, in home loans in Australia. You know, we have a... Um, a customer guarantee will never charge our existing customers more than new customers on a like-for-like loan. And we can sort of talk through a bunch of those examples about how we're really looking to change this category for good. And then what's exciting is now being in a mode where we're, we, we, we're really getting some, some traction in there and a couple of big milestones just over the last um, week, Dexter. So we closed out our uh, Series D uh, funding round. So, you know, really now having raised about $200 million of equity. So this was a, a $90 million round um, led by uh, Square Peg and, and, and our, all seven of our largest investors participated in that round. So really quite exciting that the, the sort of support that we can get uh, from uh, the local ecosystem in really changing, you know, what is a $1.7 trillion um, category in Australia in terms of home loans. It's a bit of a you know, kind of uh, who's who on the investor list. Do you want to maybe share with our listeners some of, uh, some of who your investors are? Yeah, so I mean, and, so we, you know, some of the leading VCs, so people like Square Peg and Airtree, Apex Capital, um, a number of the largest super funds, so Host Plus, Australian Super, Sun Super, uh, financials like Macquarie Bank, uh, Resimac. Um, strategic partners like Salesforce uh, Ventures. And so, you know, we, we have been very fortunate that we've, we've really had an opportunity to bring together mm. what we think of as some of the savviest um, investors in the country really looking to um, disrupt um, this particular category. Yeah. It's probably a really fascinating one actually on the journey that you, you probably just don't appreciate, certainly I didn't when you start the journey, just how important um, investors are as partners along the way. And so clearly funding is critical, but, but just the advice and counsel, the, you know, the board representation, all those other components just ends up being a really important part of that overall journey. And so we've been really fortunate to have the support from, from, from that group of investors. Well, it's fantastic because I've just um, found out that I'm actually an investor in Athena. I didn't realize my super ah. fund had invested. There you go. Good to hear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, don't worry, I won't grill you on this podcast. <laughs> uh, so where where's the business at now in terms of number of people, Nathan? Yeah, so we have um, a team of just over 130. And so that's sort of split between 
the, the the folks who are sort of you know we think of as run the business and change the business. So change the business is you know engineers, product designers, um, you know all all of the category about how do we create great platform and proposition uh, for customers. And then clearly, as a as a lender, then we also have you know our home loan experts, the, the folks running credit, you know treasury. Uh, fulfillment, operations, et cetera. So roughly half-half between those two sides um, of, of the group um, based, um, you know, for the most part here uh, in Sydney. Um, and, you know, we've been very fortunate to have um, just an incredibly talented group and that's really been such a big part of the overall success is assembling this sort of wickedly talented team um, as we've scaled just that focus on having a group really passionate about, um, the purpose of that we're trying to achieve in terms of changing home loans um, and helping Aussies um, pay down their loan faster. And so, uh, you know, I think that's ultimately um, one of the most critical, um, you know, goals within a startup is, you know, clearly critical who's the group you, you, you assemble on day one and actually really get the traction at seed and early stage. But, but just as importantly, how do you have great people who can themselves attract and, and extend out a great talent group? So, you know, the pace you can bring innovation, the service you can bring, the reliability of, you know, in lending, the quality of the loans you're writing, et cetera. All of these various functions need to work incredibly tightly together. Um, and ultimately, that's coming back to a, a really passionate group of folks doing, doing great work to, to help Aussie borrowers. Fantastic. No, it's a really competitive space. Um, you know, there's new entrants coming up. Uh, regularly now as well. How have you gone about differentiating Athena from others who are entering the space, Nathan? Yeah, no, great question. And, um, and you know, this is always a space where there's going to be lots, lots, of, lots of players involved. I mean, of course, we are in a market that is unusually concentrated in um, the, the banks, and particularly the large banks. Um, so 93% of all housing credit in Australia comes from banks, and, and very concentrated in the big four. And that's quite unusual relative to other markets around the world. But as you say, lots of players looking to come in from all sorts of different angles trying, trying to play. We, we really did start from how do we get a, a very strong sense of authentic purpose? What are we trying to achieve and how do we go and build uh, the right proposition uh, for consumers um, from that? Um, and so, you know, this started with a lot of listening to consumers, you know, what are the pain points, what are they looking to, um, you know, achieve that's really quite different in terms of proposition. And that then really led us to um, identifying a number of these components about what, what they would be looking for about how this industry should work differently. And so that translates into us challenging the industry conventions on lots of different categories. And we sort of talked about killing the loyalty tax, removing the nasty fees, frankly just using digital technology to make the refinance um, process really, really simple. And so we, we overall that translates into our proposition around savings service simple but in the detail, lots of things that we can we have done and, and, and frankly, a lot of things we're pretty excited about what could come next. Um, big one for us, um, late last year, launching of Athena Accelerates. Um, we're really recognising that as consumers do pay down their home loan, they become better customers. And so we're the only uh, uh, home lender that dynamically um, reduces um, the, the lender's interest so the borrower's interest rate as they achieve these different LBR tiers and, and just deliver them savings um, as, as they pay down, their, pay down their loan. So lots of these opportunities in the detail for us to say, how does this category, you know, work differently? And so ultimately that translates into um, great 
product engineering and design in terms of product and platform, and then really, you know, terrific marketing um, and, and, and service um, in terms of bringing that to consumers. And so we just think there's a real opportunity in this space. What's interesting is when you go and look at the, you know, the, the views of consumers around their lender, um, you know, the majority feel like the lend, their lender is not on their side. When you go and look at that, you know, the NPS score, scores, um, uh, home, these homeowner customers are some of the unhappiest customers in banking today. So real opportunities to go and redesign this product and, and do things very differently for mm. consumers. And so that's what we've been, that's all we've been really focused on doing. Yeah, I, I love hearing that where the focus is on actually retaining the customer, not just bringing on new customers, because it seems to me that most banks would spend most of their money trying to bring on new customers rather than just keeping their existing customers happy and loyal. Yeah, and that's a real problem, right? So we we think of them as the scorpions, right? They, they give this shiny rate on day one and um, and then sting people with, you know, rate increases, the loyalty tax, all of this component. And so just this idea that you spend all this effort to bring someone over and then take them for granted and don't, yeah. you know, don't love them back, right? And people underestimate just what a big deal that is, right? Yeah. I mean, for, for the average homeowner, that's tens of thousands of dollars of excess interest they're being charged because your loyal customers are being systematically charged, you know, half a percent more than the than, than new customers on a, on a loan. Um, and that is one of those real, real, real frustration pain point for consumers. And frankly, it just means that ultimately you're just paying a lot more than you should. And given just, you know, what a significant financial commitment this is for most, you know, most Aussie families, um, you know, actually making sure you're delivering sustainably great rates to consumers just makes a big difference for their ability to exit out debt, for their ability to achieve whatever their other financial goals are, you know, get, get yourself set up for retirement, you've got a passion project, there's other things you're looking to do. And so the feedback we get from consumers when it's not just a story about how do you be shiny on day one and then disappoint, but really thinking through um, things like accelerates that their rates actually go down rather than up. And when we sort of, uh, to misquote Michelle Obama, when they go high, we go low, um, is sort of pretty fundamental um, to mm-hmm. our model. Cool. Now you touched on um, the people that you brought in early days I've got to say it's been amazing to sit back and kind of watch from you know day one or even before day one the team being assembled and see how almost perfectly the plan has been executed to this point. Um, but one of the challenges that we see is, as companies grow and scale is that the kind of original DNA of the startup starts to dissipate you know, and you kind of lose some of that edge. How have you managed to kind of retain that as you've grown, you know, so fast and so, you know, I mean, at, at such scale as well? Yeah, it's an absolutely critical point, Dexter, to sort of continue that conversation around what is the day one magic that you want to retain? But importantly, there are areas that as you scale and go from a team of 12 to a team of 120, you have to think differently about those components and no doubt that's only going to continue as, as, as we grow from here. So we've, um, we, we have put a lot of focus on how do we think about the culture that we want to be? And I know this is a conversation a lot of people talk about, um, but I, for us, we started with this really simple principle that we want to align what we want to be to consumers, so the brand that we stand for. We want the proposition that we deliver, um, so what we actually build, and our culture you know, how we behave, we want those to be aligned, right? And so rather than having brand being something marketing does and proposition being something, you know, product does and 
culture being a, an HR activity, how do you actually get the fundamental authentic truths? So if you want, for example, to be straight up with customers, to be straight up in how your product's designed, well, how do you actually get that to be a behaviour that, behavior that's been embedded deeply into just the way you act with each other? And, you know, in, in some ways it's a really simple, simple idea, but it was incredibly powerful because what that really allowed us to do is to get a really broad team of very enthusiastic people just to go through and sort of let's keep testing out to say what does that look like? And so we've actually just recent, recently refreshed, um, you know, the, the theme of values and behaviours and what we're looking to do. And it is a story for us about ambition, passion and action. You know, ambition, we, we believe we're in a broken category and we want to break, the, you know, break what's broken. We want to move away from convention and, and really design things differently. We want the passion in the team around leading with heart and so just recognising, you know, the value of diversity, the importance of having people who really are purpose-led and are looking to be a force for good, but importantly, action orientation and so how do we move with speed and be straight up on all those components. And so just by going through the process of articulating that and really spending time looking at, you know, Netflix and other players around the world of, that we think of as being best practice, I think it actually has led to some really good quality conversation about what are we doing well? What are the things that we want to keep fostering and working through? But challenge ourselves. Where are areas where we do need to think differently and, and evolve um, as well? And so I think what you framed, Dexter, is actually one of the most interesting challenges as a startup about, you know, loving the things that you are when you're a, you know, a tiny team. Um, but, but just be, be very thoughtful about what you want to foster and, and, and retain versus where the places where there is growth uh, required. And so that's been a, a really, um, really uh, rewarding and interesting mm. process to go through here at Athena. You know, it's, it's so great to, to hear you say that, Nathan. There's no difference between your cultural values and the way in which you should be treating your customers as well. And ultimately, your people are your brand. So to hear you say that, but also to see the success you know, that you're having, I mean, is, as I mentioned, it's almost flawless, the, the execution, right? And to see that as being one of your, your kind of fundamental kind of premises of growing the business, I think it's just testament. To, look, there's, there's a way to grow and there's a way to be successful and to avoid a lot of the growing pains. Yeah, no, I mean, I totally agree, Dexter, that, you know, that authenticity is really good. What I would call out is I do think this is an area where there's some really fantastic conversations around the community around what this looks like and how it works. And so, you know, frankly, we'd be be in a mode to say, you know, a bunch of things we're proud of um, about the way it's been done. But frankly, we'd also be the first to say the generous generosity around the ecosystem, yeah. you know, startups in Australia, of people sharing what's working, what's not. There's constant calls and, and, and connection yeah. going on. So we, we would say this is an area where I think there is a real, um, you know, a sharing mentality about how do we do this well? How do we learn from where the potholes have been so we don't all fall into the same ones? And, you know, we're really appreciative of the, you know, of that, um, you know, the connections and sharing that, you know, yeah. um, many of the other startups around have, have done with us and we, we love to be in the same position yeah. as well. And I think many of those startups would share something else in that they're purpose-led as well. Yeah, and, and, and I think it's easy to say words like that. Um, you know, it's sort of a, a lot of, that's a sort of a claim that lots of people 
you know, want to do. And you get, you know, companies like Google that start out with the don't be evil as their sort of um, mentality. I think what gets really interesting is how do you embed that back into your DNA? Mm. So that is truly what it's about, not just sort of what's written in a business plan on day one. Yeah. Um, quite an exciting moment for us. So we're going down the path at the moment of getting B Corp certification. Uh, and that's sort of a, um, a US, um, you know, certification, um, you know, but there's a number of B Corps in terms of the startup community um, that we've been engaging with there as well. Really that idea to say, um, how do you embed that deeply in everything that you do? Are you thinking about the broader community, environment, team, uh, customers, and, and really having that balanced scorecard in terms of all the decision-making. Mm. And so we found that a really valuable process so that we're, you know, we're really making sure that we're thinking not just our kind of core mission, which is around financial wellness and how, how do we help uh, folks, you know, get out of debt to um, save money, but also what are all the other dimensions of that as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but, but really coming back to your point um, around just that ability to assemble great talent, I think when there is a clear sense of purpose about what you're trying to achieve, I think that's really when you combine that with sort of the, um, you know, the kind of speed that a startup enables, those things together are an incredibly powerful combination that yeah. we've, been, we've been really loving. Yeah, it's it's so true, and you know, even even if your purpose is just to build an app and sell it for a couple of billion dollars in a few years, as long as you're clear with people about that, that's what the purpose is, I think that's cool as well. You'll find the right people who are drawn to that. Yeah, well, look, I mean, I think um, people looking to go in and genuinely, um, you know, add value to shareholders. I mean, as we sort of talked about, for our, for us, shareholders are. Super fund members, right? So yeah. we've got uh, you know an important responsibility to, to do that. But the best way of doing that is to be a world where you are genuinely solving a problem for consumers, doing that in a way that meets all of those other obligations as well. So I don't necessarily think it's a purpose versus um, it's it's how do you actually get alignment across yeah. those stakeholders yeah. is really where the magic where the magic happens. Yeah. Well, that leads us really nicely on to the close, which is um, this is People's Choice Award. So why why is it that you think people should vote for Athena Home Loans? Oh, look, I'd, I'd probably come back to a different point there, which is there is an incredible set of fintech organisations participating in the Finis this year. And, you know, it's so encouraging to see both some familiar names who've done incredible things and some, some fresh names on that list. I mean, Rebecca and the team at Fintech Australia have just done an incredible job bringing this together. So I would be the first one just to say, just vote in the process. You know, whoever whoever you vote for, I think we would be proud to be just in the group there. Yeah. But, you know, coming back in, we, we are proud of what we have achieved. We do believe that um, home loan is the biggest single financial commitment, um, you know, for um, most Australians. Um, the opportunities to deliver savings and design products and innovate, you know, for, for good, um, we, we really passionate and believe that the opportunity for consumers here really does dwarf many of the other segments um, in fintech. And so, um, you know, this is this is a space where we think we've moved through the, the startup into some real scale up with our, not just the equity raise, but we also um, recently announced a $2 billion funding um, agreement with um, Cerberus and Bluestone. So really looking to get both the, the equity and the, the mortgage funding book really moving its, its speed. There's a lot of things we're really proud of with that. But I would just encourage listeners, 
Um, I think the process decks you're going through encourages people just to listen to the stories because there's some just fantastic groups of people out there and whoever you end up voting for, um, I think there's going to be someone up on stage who who, who we'd be really proud of. Yeah, and I'm I'm so proud to be putting this on as well and it's it's really struck me, Nathan, doing this for the second time that, um, you know, I go back to 2017 and I just look at how far the industry's come and each time we do these podcasts, it's a moment in time that's captured. And as we look back over the years, it'll just be fascinating, you know, to do, you know, the 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 five in five years' time, where is Athena? And we go back and listen to this podcast. It'll just be, it'll just be amazing. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Dexter. We've we've had the opportunity to have a chat a couple of times now, and I really enjoy just thinking through. Wow, well, what's happened since we last spoke? And um, often it's just those moments of reflection. You go, wow, it, things are moving fast. Yeah. There's all there's a lot happening in this space. So um, yeah. yeah, really nice milestones to kind of measure the journey. Well, from all the team at Tier One People, we wish you and the team at Athena all the best in the finals. Can't wait to celebrate with you in Melbourne. And you're right, you know, it's just the competition's great. And it's just, I think it's such a milestone just to make it to the finals. It gets tougher every year. Absolutely. Wonderful to chat as always, Dexter. FinTech Organization of the Year Award is sponsored by Vocus. Thank you, Vocus, for your support in making the Fennies a reality. We look forward to seeing everyone on the 9th of June in Melbourne. And don't forget to make your vote in the People's Choice Awards.